Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. She's been so patient. She's amazing. We kind of, I had, we had a windstorm and all kind of stuff knocked my internet off last week, but she's been so patient to reschedule with me here, coming live and direct from Italiano. Buonasera, Miss Tara Patrick. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? I, every day above ground is a good day. I cannot even begin to complain. Uh, just coming off the holidays and all that good stuff. Um, how is it for you over there? You are in a uh, Italy right now. How long, how long have you been there and how was your holidays? So I've been, I am, I'm in northern Italy. I'm actually like at the base of the Alps, pretty far north, um, bordering um, uh, Switzerland and it's i love it here i moved to italy six years ago i've been here six years now i absolutely love it and we had a great holiday super quiet i think probably just like everyone we are not in a super hard lockdown but you know still they're yeah not really encouraging you to go out and visit people and so we just stayed home it was quiet it was nice i think it kind of forces everybody to actually facetime each other yeah no yeah for sure (laughs) hopefully not air too much drama or grievances because i know that comes out around the holidays too but without a doubt (laughs) we had a big uh zoom family meeting as well and almost i would think some families would almost prefer that short 25 minutes 30 minutes to a whole weekend where it's like people start getting hammered and people start talking shit about stuff that happened 10 20 years ago or whatever but i remember yeah 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 still owe me $20 fool when I was gonna ask you you didn't bring you didn't bring dessert for the last five years so you don't get to eat oh yeah yeah you brought green bean casserole instead (laughs) but I mean obviously this is not necessarily the political show this is way more lighthearted. but I did want to ask you how things are going over there you know obviously this is a global situation um, and I guess you kind of answered it but kind of overall is that kind of the thing you guys aren't necessarily hard locked down but there is kind of a please go stay home if you don't have to go out kind of thing Well, we were. I mean, Italy was the first country that experienced. We experienced a true hard lockdown back in March. And I will say, you know, it's funny. I mean, I'm I'm happy to go in and out of politics or have political Tourette, if you want to call it. (laughs) But I mean, I left the U.S. six years ago, so I was actually going back and forth because I still even though I've retired mostly from the adult industry it's crazy it's bananas it's been like 14 years since i've been in front of a camera time just seems to go like it that does. it does can be a good or bad thing in entertainment i'm not sure sure but um i i wanted to come to italy because i've always loved this country i really didn't need to be in the u.s anymore per se because i wasn't actively working in the industry and i said i've always wanted to live in europe there's such a huge cultural difference and mm-hmm. i wanted to raise my daughter over here i just kind of wanted a different quality of life and so i i still have strong ties obviously my family's in california I also have family uh, in Washington and in Nevada, so I was go- I do get back about two three times a year, cool. and I think one of the hugest differences, of course, in how globally you know we've handled this COVID situation was that Italy right away hard lockdown. Yeah, we stayed home for three months. Stayed home. I mean, I was still talking to friends back home, and they were like, "What? No, I'm out. We went to the beach. We're at parties." I'm like, "It's coming. We're home." Yeah. Yeah. And I do remember, I mean, God, like I said, time flies. I do remember Italy, you know, was definitely one of the most hardest hit, obviously in the more elderly community, but yeah, it's been crazy, man. It's absolutely been crazy. Um, again, we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I'm sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, I was just, I didn't mean to, but I was going to say it was, you know, I found it to be kind of nice. You know, I felt um, safe. I will say after um, it was from March, I would say mid-March till let's say mid-May. After that, we've been fine. I mean, we were able to, I think, contain it to a certain level. We were able to have a nice holiday in the summer. I mean, I just, there's been such a huge difference in, I think, how um, my quality, our quality of life has sort of been day to day. And in a way it's, you know, it's, it, we, we were able to still go shopping. We were able to still go out and do things, but I just feel, I just feel like my daughter and I have, uh, and my husband and I, we've, um, we enjoyed the time together. You know, it was nice. It wasn't the most awful thing. I know yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of running with this whole throw 2020 in the trash, but I mean, I like, like anything else, it is what you make it. But it, I mean, it just has been super tough, you know, domestic violence, kids visits to the ER, you know, just overdoses and alcohol. I mean, it's really, really taken a lot of a toll on people and even kids having to lock down. But like you said, like I said, it's any, like anything, it's, it's what we make it. And, you know, everyone uses this term, you know, the great reset, the great reset, which I do believe, again, not going into deep and all that. I, I thought of if you don't look at this opportunity these last several months to reset kind of yourself and your own spiritual reset, like you said, less is more you wind up either <laughs> hating your loved ones and your siblings or you wind up reconnecting with them in a more deeper way so again like anything it's what we make it but for me i've done my best it's especially kind of doing the other shows and how bad it's it create it is and how kind of deep down that rabbit hole i have to go i started realizing i have to start balancing this out because yeah. you can't read and research the darkness and I, you got to stay in the light or at least attempt to so again it's what we make it um so, you know, Tara Patrick, how does, take me, take me down this rabbit hole, this storyline, if you will. How does, and I don't know if this is your married name, but how does Linda Hopkins turn into Tara, you know, the incredible Tara Patrick? You know, give me that evolution, if you will. So, well, my memoir came out in 2009. It's called Sinner Takes All. And it, it, it actually, it's so funny, verbatim, it says, how does this shy, awkward bookworm <laughs> Linda Hopkins become Tara Patrick? And it's funny because you just said something so, uh, so pivotal. And I, one reason why I love following you on Twitter is because you're one of the few people that really have like a positive mental mindset about to, things. Yeah. I always say if you, I mean, I probably didn't originate this, but if you go on social media, sometimes it's just like a toilet. You never know what you're going to find in there. You know, it could just be super easy, flush, bye-bye, everyone's happy, or it could just be super toxic. Yes. And so I really tried to just really only get on there to talk, either engage positively with people. You know, I try not to read too much news, but like you said, hmm. when you have a career in entertainment, whether it's from the adult side mainstream side you know it's like you kind of keep yourself alive through social media and so when i started back in nam uh, in 1999 <laughs> which was a long long time ago pre-internet not really pre-internet but i was kind of at the tail end of what people call the golden era of the adult industry you know dvd i think was a dvd was kind of just starting and so yeah, yeah it was just a very different time do you remember your first dvd Oh uh, God! What was it? I, I DVD. I think I do, and I think I toss it out. It was um, when I was living in Chicago, dating my girlfriend at the time. I think we went to a store, and we wound up getting it. it was um, some weird? It was like obviously some far out concepts, you know, sci fi. I want to say Nicole Sheridan. Nic oh, based okay. off, I think Nicolette Sheridan was the real actor. But anyway, 
I, I vaguely do remember that. Yes, I do. I do. But no, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you. You, you Doesn't can't... it seem like forever? Oh, dude. I, I, I mean, so much. I know. I know. Well, and it's so weird. And that's why I'm going to ask you. The game has changed so much. I mean, I whatever. It's not a judgment or whatever. I just don't consume it as much anymore. But it's so everywhere. It's so ubiquitous. There was, yeah, you know, yeah. TNR video back in my hometown where it's like walls and walls of VHS. And like you said, your era ushered in this whole new game it seemed like what was it caballero back in the day and saker yeah, or whatever there you go well even yeah yeah and you guys were kind of signed specifically to contracts to those guys right and not to whatever um jenna <laughs> jenna i mean i just don't want to bring up any sensitive <laughs> subject any <laughs> sensitive subject but like jenna and even you like it be, they started almost producing you know whatever jameson.com or terrapatrick.com you guys start putting kind of the power in your hands and the longer you're in the business you're less beholden to these kind of probably shady producers and you're able to produce your own content so speak to how that game changed right when you were coming in and that that's true you know it was you know like i said i started in 1999 and i started with playboy which was just it was an unbelievable way to enter the industry you know such a such a glamorous company i started in magazine work there was definitely a slower transition um you know it kind of like reminded me i i one of my favorite interviews you did is sam tripoli and it's like when mm -hmm. sam was saying comics do open mic night well you know for a lot of adult stars we start out doing magazines and then we start out doing um skinamax and then it goes to skinamax. you know i had done the skinamax i had done the hbo <laughs> and you know, early on, I would say that first year, I got some really valuable advice. Uh, I lived next to an attorney, and she was a young attorney. She'd actually come over from came over from Senegal. We lived in the same apartment complex. You know, late night conversations, bit of wine. I told her I was going into the adult industry. I had just posed for Playboy. I was thinking of going down this road, and she's like, listen, I'm gonna give you some really great advice. You need to change your name, you need to trademark your name. Branding is gonna become really important and essential to you, and I really, you know, this is something that I preach to the up and coming girls and guys that come into the industry today, because, you know, as you said, I started my own production company. I started, you know, I used the money that I made on the road, feature dancing and stripping. I rolled that into producing my own films, owning them outright. And now that I've been retired for 14 years, all that money's mine. All of that content is mine. So kind of like you said, from 1999 till 2006, I just worked really hard producing my own content. You travel on the road, feature dancing, touring adult video stores, meeting your fans, doing conventions, just kind of really building up your name. Um, I did some mainstream gigs, you know, in between there as well, worked in video games, worked with, hmm. you know, on a few mainstream movies. It's just kind of like, now I see such a, the platforms have just gotten out of control. Back then it was two or three movie studios that you were either under contract to and you work for. And now it's like, it's just an explosion. It's just adult is everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, I, as a photographer and a voiceover, I mean, I and even just other stuff I do, I'm very conscious of making sure I'm in control of my own content. And anymore, so I mean, important. I don't, yeah, it absolutely is. Or, you know, a musician owning his own, his or her own masters. And I, you know, it's just, there's so many sites right now out there. And like you said, how, what's that process of remaining diligent so some of your stuff isn't just out there? Do you have somebody or do you kind of, 
for lack of a better term, kind of log and see what's going on to make sure your stuff's just not out there for free. Because, I mean, I don't even know who the hell pays for stuff anymore because it's so everywhere that's free. You can just punch in Tara Patrick or whatever name and you just festoon with hundreds of videos. How do you monitor that so you can make sure you're, you keep your pockets full? Well, one of the ways that you, you know, this is always the double-edged sword of being an entertainer. It's do you entrust a manager? Do you entrust someone to do this for you? Because that's a slippery slope as well. And I've been down that slope twice. Very early on in my career, um, you know, when I talk about it in Center Takes All, it's one of the first few chapters in my memoir. I talk about how I was in in a terrible contract. I had signed on the dotted line. I had signed, um... I had basically essentially uh, kind of given this studio the ability to exploit my work, mm-hmm. like in perpetuity throughout the universe and my name. And that has to and, be pretty common, not just in the adult film, but like music and especially music or, yeah, especially you're young, you're, these guys are like, no, this is the standard deal. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's- you don't know. That's the thing. You're so young. You know, well, I was 23 at the time, but that's the thing with a lot of these artists is, you know, and I see this and we see this now with different artists, right? We see this with YouTubers. We see this with yes. young, hot people who are a hot commodity who just want to be famous, who just want to yes. get their name out there, who are promised, you know, all this stuff. And then you, you know, you meet, some, you know, you meet someone who you, you trust or you think you can trust, who yeah. you think has your best interest. And they tell you, oh, sign here. It's just so we can get you paid weekly and you don't read everything. And, oh, you don't need an attorney. You don't need a lawyer. And you're just like, this is so awesome. And everybody's just <laughs> really, you're also living this life. Yeah. You know, you're you're making more money or you're starting to make more money than you ever did at your first job or any job. And really, that especially in entertainment, it's 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 so easy to fall into that trap of someone driving you around, someone doing your makeup and hair, a photographer wanting to shoot you. It's just like, everything's amazing. And so from that experience, I spent a year, a solid year in litigation. It was horrible. It was really, it was awful for me mentally, spiritually, physically. And I remember on Christmas, funny enough, after we had, you know, we settled the lawsuit and everything, I remember telling myself, okay, Tara, you're totally responsible for piloting your ship, like yes, piloting your plane. Like, absolutely. If you don't do this, you're totally not going to retire. You know, I'm not trying to sound like a valley girl right now, but I was totally <laughs> in this like mental space of like, I got to figure, I just have to figure, I have to keep myself, I have to cover my butt. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and becoming your and own so- advocate again, that's, Unfortunately, a lot of times you, you don't know what you don't know, especially when you're younger. You almost have to go through that trial of fire to be like, okay, here's what not to do. So, I mean, that's cool that you can yeah. even kind of give that advice to you know other actors, other artists, other people you know coming up. But I mean, I can only imagine that story has to be a little bit of everywhere. I mean, just Hollywood, yeah, well, just producers, period. But I mean, I don't know. Not to, I'm sure there's lovely yeah, people in the adult industry that just are willing to take advantage of a young, hot, whatever their enter name, you know, man or woman. So you got like well, you said, got to watch your cover your ass. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's why I get, I, I don't want to say defensive, you know, so many outsiders, especially journalists, especially mainstream media, especially, you know, it's, there's always that porn is so degrading and, you know, porn is so, uh, takes advantage of girls. And listen, I have seen way more exploitive contracts in wrestling 
athletes. I've seen musicians I've known, I've had friends sign away their publishing. This is their gold. I mean, and you know, like you said, it's funny because I remember three months into this litigation, I and I can't for the life of me figure out, it was at, at a restaurant somewhere in Hollywood and I was having my moment with my friend, you know, oh, I'm so stupid, I can't believe I did this. I'm never <laughs> gonna work in this town again. And, you know, just having that whole my life is over moment. And uh, there were two guys sitting at a table adjacent and he was a, a fighter and he was a fighter and he said no he said i was just like you i signed a horrible horrible contract with an unknown uh you know mm -hmm. huge agency we won't say but he said and he took everything he took all of my earnings i made two grand a month you know he was like i didn't get any of my merch he was basically essentially saying it's so easy to sign away your power when you're so focused on training that's the other thing as an artist you're doing all the work the manager's managing yeah. so you're not always privy to this stuff right because you're doing well and you're giving oftentimes you know power of attorney and just things that just you know before you know it you check your bank account and you're like wtf manager or agent but again it's it's so interesting you brought up the whole youtube thing it's never really changed that whole notion. I mean, whatever, not getting it too deep in like selfies. Like everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be out there. Everybody, how many views do you got? How many clicks did you get or whatever? And that's so easily manipulated that notion, almost that desperate desire to be the next X, Y, Z. But you can really lose everything. I mean, whether it's YouTube or like you said, fighters, that's, that's a great point, man. Those fighters get screwed a lot. But again, I can only imagine how, how crazy that is out there and how frequent that is. But again, they're just manipulating people's, just whatever desire to be famous you know you're it doesn't really matter i think too at what stage of the game you're in because you can you know for example i've been offered a ton of money to come back come back many times and the one thing that i've always said is then what right it's a huge paycheck then what it doesn't feed my soul and that's the number one question i always get asked is you could come back and kill it you can come back and make this you can come back and do that so what i yeah. don't need any more guys to see my woo woo you know i don't <laughs> need any more guys to validate that i've got big tits i mean i don't i'm just i'm not trying to be vul vulgar no i'm just saying right. that at some point you grow yes and at some point as a human i think that you know when your whole life as an entertainer is sort of based on how many clicks you have, how many likes you get, how beautiful you are, how many comments you get. Some people never get out of that trap. They don't want to get out of that trap. I know women who love still to this day to sit in that chair and, you know, that's awesome. They still love to get made up. They still love the work or maybe they don't, but it's, you know, it's really, it's, it's easy. You can almost do it in your sleep. I've always felt like at some point, I think you have to grow. And now that I have a daughter who's nine, something that I told myself was parenting isn't something that you get to do over. You get one shot. Mm. Those years go really fast. And I have a good relationship with both my parents. You know, they were never tripped out that I went into the business. Like that's a separate conversation. They were like, they're just like, you're our oldest. We're really proud of you. You've done really well for yourself. You've never been to jail. You don't do drugs, you know, <laughs> whatever. So they're just like, you know, they're great. But my daughter this time with her is so important to me and it's so important to her and I can't do it over. Right. Well, now, yeah, I was just telling somebody the other day, like, we don't get to say whether we're good parents or not. That's not our call to make. It's our, you know, obviously our children. That's really cool. I mean, that's refreshing too, because it's not like you obviously have a good head on your shoulders. Because I, again, I can only imagine 
you know, Mike Tyson just did it. You know, my boy Pat Militich just did it. Like, one more fight. I got one more in me. You know what I mean? And some people put themselves in that kind of financial situation where they have to do that. So, I mean, again, this almost a cautionary tale, everybody. Like they say, make sure your paperwork is right. Don't let these people take advantage of you. Even, like I said, whether you're a movie star, whether you're a whatever. I mean, down to you, these YouTube kids. I mean, there's... I mean, I've seen it. These kids are now playing video games and getting paid by these companies to do this and this and this because they got a million yeah. views or a million subscribers. And it's, it, could, it could get dangerous. Like you said, it's a very slippery slope. It's also, I think, so important for your, you know, we talk about athletes being a perfect example. You have such a, you have a shelf life. How many times can you get hit? I look at some of these NFL players. I actually did a benefit um you know, that's the one great thing I've always said about my job. I mean, I've done benefits with boys to men. I've, I've worked with like so many different people on so many different scales. And that's been the one that's probably the most incredible thing about being, you know, having been in the industry is I really appreciate, I have a lot of gratitude for my fans and, you know, take beautiful pictures and do what I love. I can remember doing this, uh, this benefit for these NFL players. And it just, it blew me away. It blew me away that so many of them had, um, concussions and they had these horrible injuries and they were just destitute financially yeah, yeah. you know you get accustomed to living a certain lifestyle and yeah it was just you know here we are all entertainers but just in different facets of entertainment but there's so many similar stories oh yeah and I remember one of them he was just cracking me up because he's like yeah you know I'll bet I could I could do movies I could do some of those positions because some of them are kind of like football. it was just hilarious like I was just like <laughs> He's like, what about you? You got a few movies left in you? Or, and I was like, no, 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 no. But, you know, it was just, it's kind of like, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to leave on a high note. I didn't want to leave not looking my best. You know, I look back on my body of work and, you know, I can honestly say there's nothing I regret. I wasn't, I was never forced to do anything I didn't want to do. I didn't do anything I didn't want to do. And I think that it's really important for your spiritual, you know, as you move on, and you pursue other things, you know, whether it's school or whether it's just another part of, you know, your career, that you end things in a way that you're okay with. That's when really important. You had mentioned in some of our offline uh, transmissions that you're in school. Are you currently in school? And what are you in school for? I am. I'm actually so I'm studying food science, food chemistry. Mm. Before I actually had planned to work in a pharmacy here because I wanted to make uh, I wanted to go into beauty chemistry, but there really isn't. I, I think especially with the way and the direction the world is going now, I've always been fascinated by medicine, but more on the holistic side. Yeah, you know, just using herbs, using oils. I'm a huge advocate. I'm a huge fan of natural medicine. My mother's Thai. She was born and raised in Thailand and came to America. Both my parents immigrated to the U.S. actually. And I grew up very, uh, just both, my mother was vegan and Thai, didn't speak a word of English. Mm -hmm. So that was hard because my friends were like, can't your mother, you know, can't she talk normal like the rest of us? Why does your house smell like fish? You know, what are these strange oils on your counter? Yeah, we get into the... I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to... No, but I was, you know, you're so ashamed. I was so ashamed, you know, of of her when I was young. And now I look back and I'm like, you put those tie wraps on, mom, and you do those (laughs) kicks on the front yard, you know. But as a kid, I was like, mom, please, you know. 
And that's cool. As we get older, we appreciate that. And we, we talk about that all the time on the show. And that's so interesting that you're into like, you know, holistic food. Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I believe it was Hippocrates who said that. So, I mean, and I, we've seen so many of these documentaries now, you know, Food Inc. And just we almost like I was saying in the beginning, how we're just so toxified with so much around us, especially our food and our water and our air, but specifically our food. What are you finding out? I mean, it's is it as bad as we all hear that it is? I mean, just from the level of processing to everything yeah. being, you know, pesticide sprayed and irradiated or just so lack of uh, nutritional value and sustenance in, in our soil. sustenance. Yes, absolutely. And especially our soil. So what are you finding out? Lay it on us. No, well, that and also just as we're breaking down, you know, different ecosystems, I mean, just food chains, just food supply. And, you know, it's I will say, you know, going backwards and forwards, one of the reasons why I wanted to also live here in Europe was living here in northern Italy, where I live now. I, I'm about five hours from Rome. I'm four hours from Milan. I'm really deep in the north, you know, nice. deep in the Dolomites. Alps. And so it was really important for me to kind of live this slower pace of life. Something that was getting hard on me living in LA was everything I was having to do. Like I had convinced myself that everything needed to be bio, gluten-free, air-free, oil-free. Like it was just nuts. Everything had to be from a particular market, wrapped a certain way, processed a certain way, because you just like one week you're supposed to eat kale, the next week you're supposed to do an enema with it. I mean, it was just right, right. Yeah. You don't let your kids play with these kids because they'll get this. I mean, I think the last school I had looked into for my daughter, mind you, it was a private school. They wanted 50 different vaccines. I was like, she's three years old. I I mean, I know this is bananas to me. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to cross the pond and I'm going to go live in a part of the world where you know, I can eat natural food. I mean, my daughter and I, every year we go, we go in, we go foraging. My dad had me foraging for mushrooms when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and herb. I just like that. I'm able to share, um, where our food comes from and just, you know, we've planted, we have planted a lot of peppers, a lot of herbs. These are things my parents did with me. And I just feel like it's such a nice way for her to learn about and appreciate food. I feel yeah. like food is something that we really just take for granted. And I think we're more, because of certain documentaries and certain research, we are beginning to understand. We're just more educated on food and what, you know, it's how good it is or how bad it is. So I think that's really cool that you're, you know, able to, it's kind of come full circle. You know, we're kind of hard-headed when we're younger, like, mom, stop. But then as we get older, we just start understanding the wisdom. I mean, that, like I said, Hippocrates, that goes back, you know, ancient Greece. So, I mean, we've known for a long time how valuable food is to our overall, you know, homeostasis. But... Absolutely. We, you know, we make everything, you know, $3 for a shitty burger and nasty fries and a milkshake. So it's just like, you know, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. It's, you know, if you wait for the yeah. bombs, if you wait for the bomb to go off to call in the bomb squad, then you got those Monday through Sunday pill containers, 50, 30 pills. And I mean, it's just absolutely insane. So I think that's, that is hugely important not to go off on a rant or a soapbox, but preemptive healthcare is really the way to go. So again, the information is out there now and how good and bad, you know, food is, kale and all these other things. So get educated. We know this. A lot of us know this information. It's about valuing yeah. our, valuing our, ourselves enough to make that choice to, all right, maybe I'll eat this bad thing every once in a while. But again, like everything else, it has to be a balance. So that's really cool, man. That's a cool story. That's, and then your daughter's well, going to be nice and healthy as well. I hope so. Well, and I think it's a lot of information to take in. Like I'm having to study organic chemistry now and I'm just like, okay, I don't even, I barely remember this from high school. Like it's, it's so much, you know, I, I feel in a way, you know, deciding to go back to school in your forties is 
it's really, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's also, I, I don't want to say it's hard, like in an impossible way, but it's really like you're, it has to be what you want to do. Yes. There's days where, you know, like you said, um, you know, you have kids, you have, you know, you got to figure out a way to make money. You've got so much else on your plate and then having to crack open and books and study. And mind you, like we learned all this, yeah. you know, years ago. So it's, some of it is a bit repetitive, but I do love living, you know, a big part of this has to do with your community as well, because I have friends, you know, like I said, living in LA, it just started to become impossible. I remember I would leave the house and I'd already have spent maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars because you're drinking these organic juices. You're <laughs> drinking. You got to find the gluten-free coffee, or someone can't eat here. And it's just like, this is bananas. Just let's just eat a banana. Yeah. <laughs> a plain raw banana it doesn't even have to be organic because it's got a peel on it. I mean, and then people are like, no, but those peels aren't organically sustained or fair trade. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just so nuts. Well, and that is kind of one of the downsides I hear about people who try to do like strictly organic. It's not cheap. It's definitely not no. cheap. But again, either pay for it now or pay for it later. So like, you know, which one would you want to pay for? But yeah, I mean, that's really cool. People though. don't think that too. I think that when it comes to health, we kind of live, and I've been guilty of this at certain times, we live by, well, until something happens, I right. probably shouldn't worry about it. I feel fine. I look fine. I think that society has obviously also gone through many phases of what the standards of beauty are so there's sure. a lot now going on especially with models and influencers that are saying eat 10 cheeseburgers thick is beautiful be thick <laughs> well okay thick is beautiful but we also don't want our cholesterol to be right yeah 350 so you know we maybe don't eat 10 cheeseburgers but you know let's let's you know balance the good and bad fats but i think too everyone you know we're starting to live in a society where it's very hard to educate without feeling defensive without feeling overwhelmed you know you're talking about the cell food or you know uh, on a cellular level and i can remember when I first moved to LA, I had a neighbor that was Greek and I used to crack up because he used to have this, these drops. Then he was like, it's cell food. And I was like, what, how can you have cell food? And <laughs> he told me about the oregano oil and I've been taking oregano oil for years, but yeah, it's like you're saying it's things that are passed down to us, things that we remember, things that, you know, like you said, what's the most important thing you can have. I think it's health without a doubt. I always use Steve Jobs as an example because I say this man was too sick to stand up and proudly unveil his iPhone. He was dying when he unveiled that. Yeah. And this man had how much money and he just was not the picture of health. You know, your health has to be cherished and it has to be the most important thing. I mean, not a bash on Steve Jobs, but no. basically saying, you know, all the money, all of this, we're not immune to disease and we're not I think that's what this pandemic's also or whatever the situation is that everyone wants to call it has shown yeah. everybody and that's what's made everybody fearful is that we're not immune to this stuff you know we need to really think about being present and healthy well, and when mind. you sit down with somebody like you say all these names and chemicals there's just so much to it it's almost overwhelming where we just don't even get started. So we wind up just taking that path of least resistance because it's like, I don't know what the hell you just said and I'm just going to go eat that cheeseburger. I mean, because there really is a lot. And when you start going down that rabbit hole about oregano oil, flaxseed oil, um, I mean, just just name it. You know, it's krill oil, just any of this. There's so much, you know, I, I love listening to Joe Rogan and Dr. Rhonda Patrick and she was just like talking and like all of us, 
you know, everybody's kind of, um, what does she call them, polymorphisms. We're all de- deficient in different minerals and stuff. But she was like, vitamin D. I mean, she would just run down this list of how these very simple things are so essential for our health. Yeah. And it's really not. And that's why it's cool to make it less complicated for people because it can get so very overwhelming. But again, it's a lot of it's, you know, just really kind of simple. You know, raw fruits and vegetables, drink a lot of water. I mean, it's not a puzzle. It's not splitting an atom, but we just choose to kind of overcomplicate it because for whatever reason, we kind of make it... We we tell ourselves it's so way more complicated than it is. So like I said, we just don't even start. That's like parenting though, right? Right. When you have your first kid, you're like, they're like a glass baby egg. What are those really <laughs> Fabergé? They're Fabergé eggs. The yeah. first one's the Fabergé egg that you do everything. And then by the second, third kid, you're just like, you know, you can go feed yourself. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like we overthink so much. And I remember when I was pregnant, like everyone, what are you having? What are you having? I'm like a child. But tell me, is it a boy or a girl? I need to know. And I'm like, it's my baby. I don't want to know. I don't want to find this out. But you need to go do it. You've got to go do these 4D, 5D, get the head examined. And I'm just like, this is just nuts. I yeah. mean, it was, I need to know what color diapers to buy you. Just bananas, you know, all of the overthinking that goes yeah. into. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. We tend to, <laughs> we tend to do that. But again, things are way, sometimes way more simple than we kind of, uh, make them out to be well it's cool you've you clearly and i guess we kind of alluded to this earlier you know whether you're an athlete an an actress an artist it's difficult you know fighters even like my boy pat militich he's he's you know having a better time at it obviously he's announcer and this and that but making that transition for however long we're doing something five ten fifteen years some of your contemporaries specifically in the industry and again you kind of already alluded to it why is it some people are in that industry have again, or any industry, why do you think people have that inability or so difficult to turn the page with athletes? I get it, man. Have you ever walked out to a stadium yelling your name and you're the champ or whatever, or, you know, the highs and lows or the highs of of any industry where it's just hard to walk away from in in your circle or in just, you know, an extension kind of to the world. Why do you think they're having people have so much of a hard time? Like you said, when you just change and it's not you anymore, but you might have to for financial reasons or whatever. What do you see as the big hindrance for people turning the page? Um, there's two huge hindrances and funny enough, they're on two very opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'll start with the downer first. And it's the stigma. You are heavily stigmatized after working in this industry. It's very hard to, I can't go anywhere without people know who I am. I will never not be Tara Patrick. It's not like you can do hardcore porn and ever people just, you know, everyone knows who you are but they they know you in a different way when you're an athlete you know it's like they don't see your wee wee i guess unless you <laughs> pose for playgirl or you did an only fans or something like that but you know adult work is really stigmatized and it's really hard i think for a lot of women especially to go into let's say an academic environment you know even a normal environment i could never I I don't know if I could work at Trader Joe's. I don't know if I'd want to work at Trader Joe's and have to go with Asian Hookers 5, best movie ever. I mean, I'll tell you something funny. I've been retired, okay, retired from shooting adult movies for 14 years now. That's a long time in entertainment, a long time, but I still do very well in the Google searches. And I'm not saying this from any point of arrogance. I'm just saying the reality is that I know my name is still Googled. I still have a pay site. I do have an OnlyFans. None of this, I always told myself, I could cut it off, but why? 
this is this is going to follow me around forever. I, I can keep profiting from it. No big deal. But the funny thing is, I now have fans that are younger and younger. And some of the things that I hear now are like, so when I was, I'm like, we're going to say 18. So, <laughs> Please. Like, we're not going to you're not going to tell me how old you were, because when they tell me, I'm just like, you know, it's bananas. I mean, they're so young, some of them when they get online. But anyway, the point yeah. being. It's just something that never goes away. And so it's really hard to make that transition into a civvy or normal environment. Also, a lot of women, you know, what guy is accepting of their ex being a vivid girl or their ex being a playmate or their, you know, you really just have to find, my husband's a defense attorney. He'd had no idea who I was. You know, that was another thing for me was living over here in Europe, living over here in Northern Italy. It's a very different culture. And I haven't felt any, if anything, if I get recognized, they're very family oriented here. They leave me alone with my family. They're just like, hey, but no one's ever bothered me. I've never had any issues. You know, my husband was like, you know, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, he deals with criminals and hardcore stuff. So for him, this was like, you're you're not shit. (laughs) But I think the second one is, you know, it's very hard to find something on par with this type of money. And the work really isn't that hard. I mean, for an an uneducated girl who's just gotten out of high school at 18, to make $1,000 a day shooting, you know, pretty pictures or nude pictures or shooting, you know, a scene, what else could she do? She'd have to have a degree. She'd have to have... You know, so it is. I think it's really hard for a lot of people in general to turn the page when they've been exposed to money and travel and lights and glamour. And I think the validation, yeah, the constant validation of being told you're pretty, being told that um, you're hot, you know, just all these things. I think it's really hard for people to let that go. Sorry if that was... Well, no, that's all right. But again, the evolution of the whole industry, it's kind of like you know, on set working for asshole producers that could leave a really bad taste in your mouth. But now with technology being so ubiquitous, you literally can start producing your own stuff with an iPhone or having an OnlyFans or whatever. So you guys are so much more masters of your own destiny now. And the money is still there. I mean, I don't know how much it would, it would differ from like old school or whatever, but it's, you know, almost if it ain't ain't broke, don't break it kind of thing. And again, with you guys being more masters of your own domain, like, you know, why not do it? I mean, obviously you'd set your own boundaries or whatever, but I think technology and, you know, these apps, it allows you to never even have to step foot on a set necessarily. And it's like, why would I, you know, these guys pay me a thousand dollars to take pictures of my feet. Why would I not do this? Exactly. Well, or even interact, like you said, although I think that, you know, one of the differences has been, and this is this can be argued, you know, in any facet of the industry is a lot of producers and some of the old school, you know, photographers, people that I talk to, they always say beauty used to matter. You used to have to have talent. Now anyone can pick up an iPhone, they could shoot anything, upload it, and there you go. And this is true, like you said, photographers now pay to put their work into certain publications or pay to put them on certain platforms where before it was like you had a production you know i can remember budgets i can remember (laughs) there was so much that went into actually shooting a model getting credit for that work going to a nice location now it's like we need five sets of four different girls i mean it's just like well and again you guys i mean with you guys you know you being you know so popular in in the business you guys kind of were like the last ones of kind of iconic status because now it's so oversaturated. I mean, it's just like there's hard, it's hard really to be special in an ocean of 
feet pictures or whatever it is. So I mean, or, you know, so I, you can. <laughs> I, well, I, I found that so weird. I I worked somewhere and these girls, uh, they were saying, I don't know the name of it. It's like it's basically kind of like an OnlyFans, but these guys are paying these girls like crazy money for their feet. And I, I thought they were joking at first, but then they like showed me the little account or whatever. I'm just like. That's crazy. People are freaks, Holy man. People. I'm not judging it, but it's just like, damn, I thought I was a freak. People are like, no, nah, give me, grease up your feet for me. It's like, what the fuck? All right. Like, well. like but you can type with your feet and make extra. I just, it's it's so just weird now. I don't know, man. I, I, maybe I'm just getting old. Like, can we just see a nice, wholesome missionary, missionary position? Like, what's going on here? But going back right. to what you were saying about, you know, I remember it was one of... I want to say it was maybe after porn or kind, one, any one of these where are they now asia carrera was a big fan of asia carrera growing up and when mm-hmm. she got out of the game she married a gentleman and moved to, i think it was utah where it's like you're really not going to get recognized because you're really in this church kind of in, you kind of insulate yourself so i find that kind of interesting because like you said there's you guys are very popular so it's very difficult to just go out into the world and not be like hey isn't that uh so i mean again that's a part of that transition that i just find fascinating any sport any genre i think it's interesting how people can can or cannot reinvent themselves but again like with the game changing so much i mean it's it's probably easier now i think to stay in it because like i said you're kind of in the driver's seat more more than before and for some i think it's all they know i mean i think that when you've been groomed and you've been in an industry for so long you know it might be it's scary it's scary to change. I think that all of us, you know, you're you myself, when you take a leap of faith, you know, like you said, starting this podcast, you can talk yourself out of anything. You could say, no, there's too many. I don't want to do this. You know, someone's going to think my voice is annoying. This Mm -hmm. is dumb. Forget it. Scrap it. And then a month later, you're like, no, this is what I want to do. This is my ticket into, it was like me going back to school. I was like, no, you're going to get a migraine every night. Like I made up all these (laughs) random, I won't have dinner done in time. I don't know. I mean, you just, it's fear. It's like if fear is this cough blocker. Yeah. And I think the number one thing, you know, a lot of my fans would ask me too. They're like, okay, you're done with, you know, porn. Bye-bye. Uh, but we want feet pics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they would be like, why Italy? Why did you just pack up and move to another part of the world? And I tell them because I want to change. I want to growth. I wanted a different, different phase in life. I mean, of course I could have stayed in LA. I mean, I have family, I had friends. I, you know, it's not like it wasn't working, but I wasn't growing and I wanted my daughter to grow as well. And I think that, you know, there comes a point there, you know, I don't, I mean, it's not for everybody. Like for example, my sister has never left her town. She's been married 20 years. She's a grandmother of 40. She has three kids. She has the deepest roots in her little town and she has no desire to see anywhere else in the world. Absolutely. And that's fine too. Yep. You know, everybody kind of has their, their path and where, where they want to go. And then she gets annoyed when people go, are you Tara Patrick's sister? <laughs> but you know, for me, I think that challenging myself, having to learn another language, having to be, you know, in another part of the world has only been invaluable to me. And it's made me as a human, as a person, you know, so much more empathetic and compassionate, open. You know, I live in another part of the world, so rich in history, um, everything from art to music. It's just incredible. It's just been a really incredible um, experience. And I feel grateful for that. And so I will never denounce... um, Oh, see, it sounds like the Pope's ringing the bell now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing about this country. Very Catholic. Italy's a very oh, yes, yes, yes. deep in lots of religion. <laughs> lots yes. of tradition. But it's, uh, it's, um, it's just been a very different 
journey for me the last five years and I feel like as a person I'm I'm so grateful for the growth and I I am a little I don't want to say scared I'm comfortable but I think mm -hmm. that when you choose to just kind of go into a different field and a different job it's yeah there's some moments when, like you said, everyone has their path in life and everyone can, you know, feel, feel free to take your lane. But in my opinion, like travel, just growth, evolution is just, I think, key to just human development. If you want to just like your sister, if she's staying home and I'm not I wouldn't say she's stagnating because that's her choice. But I think for right. a lot of people, move, change is the immutable law of the universe. So you've got to be able to embrace that. And that's you can almost I don't know if you were in my brain when I was starting my podcast, because I was telling people I'm like, yeah, I, think, I mean, in the sea of podcasts, there's even more now. People are like, oh, who, who do you think you are, Joe Rogan? Oh, what are you trying to be the next <laughs> Joe Rogan? And I'm like, man, I want my first guest to be Pat Militich because I'm a huge MMA fan, obviously, and we're from the same hometown. And he was the most gracious person in the world. We wound up having him on like three or four times. But once I started getting in my stride, I had him on one time, and he's like, Jeff, man, do you want to do this conspiracy podcast with me? And I'm like, you're fucking with me. For, for weeks, I'm like, dude, you're fucking with me, dude. Just come on, stop. And right. we started the conspiracy farm and that's been four or five years, millions of listeners over a hundred countries. But again, I had to make that leap of not listening. A lot of us do that, man. Even if it's not our friends or family, that voice in our head, man, you can't do that shit. Or like you said, mm -hmm. you're not gonna be able to have dinner. Right? Just whatever that voice is telling you to not do whatever. Oftentimes we follow it. And I, I wouldn't say I have to learn the hard way, but I learned, I mean, not listening to that voice and taking that leap. I mean, it's absolutely changed the whole direction of my life. I mean, it's just been crazy, but without, I hate to sound Tony Robbins, I'm going to steal a quote. It's the, in the moment of decision, it's in the moment of decision where your destiny is formed. And again, I mean, if you just stay fearful and never embrace that change that's, that's coming for you, or even staying in the rearview mirror and not being able to see the beautiful shit right in front of you, it happens to a lot of us. But I think that's really cool that, you know, you didn't let that fear paralyze you because I think a lot of us do that, unfortunately. Well, and this is what I really try to impart on my colleagues and to other women in the industry. This has been really important for me because I know, I, I know firsthand, obviously, and so many women and men, you know, that, you know, like you said, after porn ends, what is there? What do you do? You know, because I think that a lot of people simply can't wrap their head around, you know, having spent time in the sex industry. They just don't understand it, whether you're a stripper, you know, because the umbrella is very big. You could have just stopped and posed as a playmate. You could do porn. You could do an OnlyFans. I mean, I think that, you know, it, you know, as I said, you know, it's so easy to stigmatize people in, in our industry because so many people can't wrap their head around it. They're like, what do you mean you did that? And there were no feelings and it was fun and you made money. How does that work? Maybe <laughs> I could do that. No, you, you and your husband cannot do that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it is like you said, I mean, moving to a small Mormon town, moving to, you know, uh, a, a country. I mean, some people really fall off the radar. They raise their kids. They live you know, happy lives. And I think that for some people, there's just really always that fear of, you know, there was a perfect example of an actor. I think he was on the Cosby show. I'm not sure, but he took a job at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Elvin. I forget his Jeffrey Owens. Jeffrey Owens, I think is his name. And, and they were making articles like, Oh, times must be tough at your Trader Joe's. And I'm thinking this guy's got a job. Right. Like why do that to the him? Who cares? Maybe he doesn't want to be in entertainment. What, why even like, put that on him you know what I mean I but as you know like you're saying it's just it's there's so much that we we put on ourselves and so I think that sometimes we stay or we, we stay where we think we know or where we're comfortable just to kind of not have to deal 
You or know, what was it, the pursuit of happiness? Will Smith telling his kid, you know, some paraphrasing, but some people who are afraid to do shit tell you you can't do it. They project their fears on you. And again, that's another thing. Yeah, and that's another thing. We're like, well, maybe, maybe they're right. And it's so unfortunate. You're right. I, I do remember that the traitor Jeffrey Owens, and it's so sad. We are literally are a civilization that like tramples people for Black Friday sales at in high school or junior high. My daughter's at there. They're clowning people for having an Android, not an iPhone. It's like what? Yeah. What the fuck? What is going on right now? But, you know, we, we could easily be petty. But again, transcend, man. We have to, like, transcend these environments that keep us back. If, if you got to leave some family members and some friends to embrace your dream and take it to the next level, that doesn't mean you don't love them or you're not better than them. You're just moving on, man. You're just, you know, changing, embracing change. So that's awesome and really refreshing to hear. And I'm really happy for you and glad you're in school. I was going to keep you a half hour, and here I am keeping you almost an hour. Um, oh, it's great. I'm glad we got a chance to talk. No, and, absolutely. You know, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Any, like, social networking, where can we find you? I know you're a little bit of everywhere out there. Where can we track down what you're up to? So my official website for 20 years has been terrapatrick.com and I write a blog on there. I have my archive of content on there, everything new, old, and in between. Um, yeah, I write on there and every time I do a podcast or anytime I do an appearance, uh, it's on terrapatrick.com as well. And yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for the fans. I enjoy meeting new fans. You know, it's hard. Uh, I've spent the last few years actually just doing appearances. Like I said, I did a, a gig with Boys to Men in Japan, and I've done, you know, just all kinds of gigs. I like doing gigs, and it's fun to just be with other. I love Comic Con. I've done Comic Con. I did it in Mexico City last year. So I, I'm really grateful for the travel and all the experiences. And that's something that I hope will. I'm, I'm hoping that next year we get to get back on the road and travel because I enjoy that so I much. Know, yeah. I enjoy meeting people and just being in different, you know, like we said, just being in different environments and sharing stories and it, it's fun. Well, Tara Patrick, it's been awesome. You, you're a good people. I'm very glad we were able to take this time. And obviously you're, you're welcome back anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the great and powerful and mighty Tara Patrick. <laughs> Here on It's Me speaking to you. Peace and so much live, guys. Stay tuned. As you know, there will always be more. Peace.